Hey, welcome NFL football fans. It's time that again, it's time for another edition of a NFL football talk. This is an inside sports production and we're going to preview the uh, 2018 NFL draft, which is coming up directly. We'll see what's happening. We got the Cleveland Browns with, hey, they got two of the top five picks. They could not possibly screw this thing up this year, could they? We'll look into all that. We'll like, give you some tips and pointers. Won't bore you endlessly with players that you haven't watched in schools that you don't watch play, but we'll just give you the down and dirty, the short, sweet, and uh, hit it hard and out, and just a good update for you. But as you know, I do not work alone here. I do enlist the help of the very, very best. So here he is, the man that many of you already follow on Twitter, at Chris L Sports, and if not, you should be. He has some real enlightenment out there for everybody a proud graduate of Rutgers University and my favorite East Coast intellectual, none other than Chris Lardieri. Chris, what's happening out there, man? Charles, it's great to be back after our uh, spring break of sorts. Uh, I don't know what happened. It seemed like just yesterday we were going over the Super Bowl and free agency, and here we are again at everyone's favorite time of the year, uh, the greatest real reality TV show known to man, the NFL Draft. So good to be back. Yeah, there we go. And we got to give an inside sports welcome to uh, Jada Claire Barkley. That is the first child of Penn State running back Saquon Barkley, who's expected to factor heavily in the upcoming draft here. So welcome, Jada, to the world. Your, your daddy's about to be a superstar, we think. The only question is, where might he play? Hmm. Ah, yes. And that's why, you know, as much as we love the NFL draft, I must say my, my, the team I pull for is picking second. And I was talking about this, with my dad, a lifelong New York Giants fan. And I almost feel like I just wanted to get here. Um, it's not for nervousness or anticipation. Frankly, uh, I'm just sick of all uh, the rumors. You know, you want to, you want to talk about stories. There was one that emerged today from Adam Schefter at ESPN that the Brown, the Browns still say Baker Mayfield's in play for number one. Uh, there've been other reports that Josh Allen could be number one. Uh, the Giants GM Dave Gettleman has never met a camera. He doesn't uh, not like, I mean, the, the rumors abound on who they're going to pick, whether it's <laughs> Barkley, Chubb, Darnold, if he falls, I don't know. But um, at this point between that and all the mock drafts and the Mel Kiper juniors of the world, uh, I just wanted to get here already. It's almost like it's anticlimactic. I mean, at, at this rate, with all the predictions, CNBC even thinks this is embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And for those of you uh, not in the know, maybe you're living under a rock or in a cave or something, but uh, the first five picks of the draft, that's where all the action happens. We've got the Cleveland Browns at number one, the New York Giants at number two, the New York Jets at number three, the Cleveland Browns again at number four, and then the Denver Broncos at number five. So you got to wonder if, the Browns, what are they going to do? Remember, they they chose Hyde last year, took Deshaun Kaiser, brought him into a 1-15 team. That, De, that Deshaun Kaiser experiment lasted one season, and he's now been shipped out. So now they're ready to pick another quarterback, I think, or maybe take Saquon Barkley with the first overall pick and then maybe get themselves a quarterback at number four, which would kind of seem to make sense if they want to get Barkley there. They've got two good receivers because they got Josh Gordon, they got Jarvis Landry. All they need is someone to get them the ball. So, yeah, you know, what in the world are they going to do? Are they going to trade one of the picks? What will they do? Now, one thing, remember, with taking these running backs and something that uh, someone actually enlightened me to was, 
you got to look at what kind of system they played in in college. And uh, this was actually Anthony Barbarin, who does our NBA reporting for Inside Sports. And he said one of the reasons he looked at when, when Richardson was playing, and he said he would not have drafted him high because when you look at how dominant that Alabama offensive line was, Richardson was always four or five yards up the field before he was even touched. Then you get to the NFL, and that's when you find out the guy really can't even run through arm tackles by the defensive lineman. So you got to be careful when it comes to taking running backs. you got to break down that film, and you really got to look at what you're doing. Absolutely, and you look on the flip side, uh, another Alabama running back, well, he later transferred to Tennessee, who ended up being phenomenal this past year, was Alvin Kamara with the Saints. And I mean right. – um, we know Alabama's got an offensive line that will put most NFL teams to shame, but look, he was a perfect fit for what Sean Payton runs down there. Even you look like a Kareem Hunt, who was a uh, later round pick, you know, not a not a first rounder. I believe he was a, a second or third rounder. Um, it fits the Chiefs system well, so completely right. agree with that. That said, I think Saquon Barkley is one of these running backs, like an Ezekiel Elliott, who I think. Are, could fit any sort of system. I mean, he's really that athletic. A lot of guys have come out. I mean, Sean Payton even came out and said it's the best running back prospect he's seen in 25 years. But uh, it was someone like a Leonard Fournette last year. He did great with the Jaguars, but that's the system. They have big, bruising offensive line. They're going to try and not have Blake Bortles lose the game for him. He's perfect fit for Jacksonville. Now, would he work well in Cleveland? Well, I don't know who would work well in Cleveland, but now would he be uh, – more of an up-tempo type, let's let's say the Rams, the type of offense they play. Do you think Fournette would fit for that? Probably not. That's why Gurley's a better match. So completely agree with you. Uh, and that goes back to what I mentioned earlier. A lot of these scouting reports, mock drafts, they're going off of what they feel are the top picks in order. But you, you've got to fit your system. That, that's the key here. And I think that's something Cleveland hasn't figured out since re-entering the league in 1999. Well, Cleveland, the problem is, you say fit their system. What is Cleveland's system exactly? But first, you've got to have a system in place that you can fit them into as opposed to every year looking at what you have and say, well, what are we going to do with all this? Are we going to want to run? Are we going to throw? Or what are we going to do? And Cleveland, I think that's when once you establish an identity, then you can draft players around that. Not only that, but players get in the mindset even before they get to camp. When you get drafted to a team that has an established identity, you know what your role is going to be on that team, and you know what's expected of you. Just, you know, I could go down the list and then, you know, the Patriots, the Steelers, things like that, established organizations, anyone who gets drafted as a defense on the defensive line or as a linebacker for the Steelers, do you have any doubt as to what your job is going to be when you get there? Absolutely not. It's been established for the last 40 years. Yeah, and ultimately, like most organizations in this country, not just professional sports, it starts from the top down. And look how much turnover the Browns have had, not only in the coaching ranks, but general manager. It's like the the theme, the mantra changes. What is a turnover every two to three years? And now you've got John Dorsey's uh, in charge there in Cleveland, and he's a true football man and work with the Chiefs. But he's inheriting a coach, Hugh Jackson, who – we haven't played one game in the season. There's already talk. He may not last uh, the, to 2019. So you're going to draft someone that's a Hugh Jackson quarterback, or are you going to draft – is John Dorsey going to draft the guy he thinks is the, the best quarterback that, that can play across any system? I mean, I don't know. Um, I didn't really – I didn't really – I look back to that uh, Elway and, and Marino draft in 1983 with all those yeah. quarterbacks. Uh, I don't know about you. Maybe I'm just the angry old guy next door, but it seemed like it was a lot simpler then. There was this – paralysis of sorts by overanalysis nowadays. Yeah, that's that's true. And and by the way, remember uh, Baker Mayfield out of uh, Oklahoma. I think he's a great story, though, a walk-on 
who winds up making the team, becoming a legend for that team, winning the Heisman. Unfortunately, a couple of brushes with the law, nothing, well, nothing I'd say truly egregious, but, you know, a little drunk and disorderly and then a little bit of misconduct on the field. But I, I don't know. He's, he's one of those you, you may not want to take a chance on him. You may want to, but he could wind up being an excellent NFL quarterback. And then, of course, the more, uh, you know, the, the uh, better choices or the safer choices, of course, you got Josh Rosen out of UCLA, Sam Darnold out of SC, and uh, Josh Allen out of Wyoming. Uh, Josh Allen may be the best of those prospects. We don't know. We never know what these quarterbacks are going to do when they finally get to the uh, NFL. Let me just say, Chris, the Cleveland Browns call you up tomorrow, which they might. I think your opinion is actually as good or better than most people they have in the organization. They say, Mr. Lardieri, we've got two of the first four picks and we've got the number one overall. What in the world should we do? We're tired of embarrassing ourselves year after year in the NFL draft. What exactly would you say to them? Well, I'm glad they're going to call me because I did a mock draft of sorts, and we can go through this. I just did it for the first few teams. Um, my mock draft, so for the Cleveland Browns, um, I predict they will not pick Josh Allen or Baker Mayfield. I can't tell you who they will pick. I'll tell you they shouldn't pick either of those, mainly because I think there's so much rumor and buzz and spin out there that they're taking one of those guys. Um, if they're that wishy-washy on who they're taking, either John Dorsey's a great poker player or they're completely confused. The way I look at it, um, if they need a quarterback, they've got to take the guy they feel the most convinced about. The conventional wisdom is Sam Darnold, the system he played with at USC. I know the knock on him is uh, turnovers and things like that, but I, I do think uh, if you're going to go quarterback for Cleveland, I think he's the least riskiest of all of them. In terms of all the quarterbacks, uh, you know, living here in Southern California, I watch a lot of him and and Josh Rosen, and I, I think it's funny. Josh Rosen's got an excellent arm. He looks like a pro quarterback. The knock on him now is, oh, he doesn't get along with his teammates. He has an attitude. Uh, sounds to me like Brett Farber, Aaron Rodgers. You know, they should probably stay away from Josh Rosen, right? Uh, sarcasm aside, I think the one thing you need to be concerned about with Rosen is concussion. So of the four, I think he might fall. That said, if he stays healthy, I think he's got the most upside and probably uh, – you know, would have this shorter learning curve of the four quarterbacks, but I don't have a good answer for you. I mean, if they really sitting at one and four, they're almost in an enviable, enviable position because they could take a quarterback at one. If they don't feel convinced about any of them or they like them, they, they could wait till four. They could go get a Barkley at one. If they feel he's a transcendent running back and uh, armchair GM that I am, they need to pick the quarterback. They're most convinced about it at one. And then at four, they're going to have their pick where, and when a perfect world, Barkley slides to them. I don't think he gets that far. But if not, Bradley Chubb, the defensive end from North Carolina State. And you do like uh, the Eagles have done and the Giants did a number of years back. You build on that defensive line. You book in pass rushers. That's how you stop teams. That's how you neutralize the opposing quarterback. And eventually that's how you win Super Bowls. But I won't get ahead of myself in Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, I'd see – honestly, I would tell them to go ahead and take – I'd say take Barkley number one overall. And of the quarterbacks, let's, let's look at it. With, with, with Rosen, with Allen, with Darnold, you know, with Mayfield, I think it's kind of a mixed bag. Uh, no one's sure which one of them will truly be successful at that next level. I would go ahead and take Barkley at number one, and then at number four, I would take the best quarterback that we feel we have left on the board. Now, you already have Tyrod Taylor there, who's 
you know, he's, he's serviceable, let's just say. But what would he do with a good running back? And then you've got two good receivers already. So looks like your offense may be able to actually do something there in, in Cleveland. So I would go ahead, Barkley first, and then take whichever quarterback is left, maybe Mayfield, maybe Allen, just depends on who it is. And then if it turns out that there's some type of scuttlebutt and Barkley really does not want to go to Cleveland, which, you know, there were rumors about that, then those rumors were dispelled. And so he really wants to actually go to New York or something. I'm sure that you could find, uh, you could get some usable parts from the Giants and then build that way. So I think with taking Barkley number one, uh, they can't really go wrong. I mean, take the best player available in the draft. I think drafting for position is one thing, but don't pass over the best player available just because you desperately need someone to play a different position. When you got a chance with Barkley, who may, if he may turn out to be the real deal, go ahead, take Barkley first, and then get a quarterback with number with a number four pick. Yeah, and the thing with the Browns is it's not like they're five pieces away. They need help across the board. They need depth. They need skilled players. Like you said, they've got wide receivers. I don't really see a glaring hole there. But other than that, can they really go wrong with picking whatever they view the best available position player being? I think not. So John Dorsey being a football man, I'm, I'm going to have a little bit of optimism with him there and hope that he's just leaking a lot of stuff to the Schefters of the world and hoping <laughs> someone bites on a number one pick and he can trade down. But uh Really, I mean, this is one of the few years. Look at last year. Even Miles Garrett, everyone knew, was going to be number one weeks before the drafts. So this is really a wide open, fascinating draft ahead of us. Yeah, it's gonna. It's definitely going to be fun. And then all the when we look at existing players who, you know, are existing NFLers with a little bit of drama. I guess Gronk. Now he has sat down with his with his coach Belichick. That's Rob Gronkowski for all of those of you who are not familiar with Gronk as I am, but he's going to come back and play. There's speculation. He may retire, may go into making action movies. Uh, I could just see uh, Rob Gronkowski and John Cena in a movie together. I think that would be just uh, fantastic. A lot of pyrotechnics, uh, cars going over cliffs and unbelievable stunts. But uh, Julio Jones, I guess now wide receiver for Atlanta, still in his prime, but I guess he's is uh, getting a little bit disgruntled. Uh, it looks like they may be getting a divorce. That'll put him out on the open market. Des Bryant just got cut a little while ago, so he may be out there. And now the last thing I'm hearing is with your beloved New York Giants, Odell Beckham Jr., they want him to remain a Giant forever. Yeah, um, really can't keep track of this soap opera. Just a few weeks ago, uh Gettleman and Shermer made it sound like if he wasn't showing up to OTAs, he'd be persona non grata. The uh, rumors started he was coming to the Rams, and then next thing you know, Brandon Cooks gets traded from New England out here, and uh, everything's perfect again in, in the Meadowlands. So I don't know what to believe, but if you're the Giants, you don't trade him while you've got him under contract at a really yeah, – well, we talk about the collective bargaining agreement all we want, but a ridiculously low price for a receiver of his caliber. Uh, ride it out while you can. Um I don't know where this came from or why or if Dave Gettleman you know, just found another camera he liked to get in front of that day at the, the, the owner's meetings. But, um, look, I really think it's a non-issue. The, the bigger problem besides the contract extension talks, which will probably linger all season, is is he healthy? I mean, he hurt his ankle in, in preseason, snapped his leg in week five. Is he going to be the same receiver? I think that's the bigger question. 
Right, that's true. And that all remains to be seen. So, you know, we'll just let the drama unfold. And, of course, we'll be back next week to do our uh, post-draft show, see how close we came, see what kind of interesting moves uh, all these teams made. And we got to remember, too, one thing that is looming. It seems like it was just yesterday that it happened, but remember the, uh, you know, the NFL CBA is going to be expiring here in a couple of years. So we're going to have that to go through. So what right now, while it's happier times, we're going to go ahead and talk about the draft and all these other good things. But uh, what do you think, though? I think that's about it for the draft. Uh, before we go ahead and check out of here in a minute, uh, but Mr. Lardieri, I always give you a minute because I love hearing what you've got to say, and I know the fans want to hear it. What kind of enlightenment have you got for the sports world today? Well, sure. You know, my, my fantasy football expertise, I put that in quotes, is kind of on hiatus until uh, the summer months when, when people will be preparing for their draft. So I figure uh, that gives me the qualifications to be a draft expert, right, and give you some sort of mock draft or prediction. So uh, just running through picks uh, two through five here. Um, the Giants, I think they will not take Sam Darnold or Bradley Chubb. Uh, who they will take, I don't know. I'm just going to go off of what I don't think will happen because these are rumors that have been beaten into the ground. Um, the Jets, I don't see them taking Baker Mayfield. If I was to go out on a limb, I'd say if Josh Rosen's there, I think he's the fit. Um, the Browns, there was a rumor last week, and we talked about this offline, that the Browns, because they're so bad at picking quarterbacks, would pick two quarterbacks and hope one of them panned out. Right. The, the <laughs> dumbest move I've heard since... I don't know, solar ice cubes, perhaps. I really can't keep track. So it's drafting Tim Couch number one. Uh, well, you know, at least it was just one quarterback they picked. So I got to give them a little bit of a pass there. They didn't pick two in the first round there. And then uh, Broncos, you know, we know Elway wants a quarterback. It'll be interesting to see who slides there. Um, in terms of players, look, my son watches way more college football than me. I bounce ideas and names off him, and he gives me his scouting report. And just from watching some of the bowl games, the playoffs, late season games, and this is not going to be earth shattering, but uh, the guys that I like that I thought were pro ready, you look at Roquan Smith, a linebacker from Georgia, guy was all over the field in the semifinals in the championship game. I think some team's going to be happy to get him. Um, They're two running backs, Sonny Mitchell and uh, Nick Chubb, ironically, the cousin of Bradley Chubb. It's a little trivia question there for your NFL draft Knicks. Uh, I, I think those are guys that could potentially fall later, first, second round, and teams would be happy to have them. You know, you talk about picking a running back that high first when they're they're so they turn over so ran, just randomly in this league. I think those are two guys to keep your eyes on. And then someone we forgot about, you know, the Heisman Trophy winner before Baker Mayfield's in this draft, and that's Lamar Jackson from Louisville. Yes. And he's been getting a lot of flack in the media because he hired his mom as his uh, – his agent. And um, look, uh, I, I don't know what's wrong with that. There's some guys that negotiate their own contracts, but I'll tell you what, the conspiracy theorist in me thinks that uh, the hoodie, Bill Belichick, I think he uh, somehow in his evil ways and his mental telepathy, after shipping Jimmy Garoppolo out of town, he got to working a lot of negative stories out there about Lamar Jackson. I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots take a chance on this guy. I've got nothing to substantiate it with, but just smells to me like there's a team out there that wants him and wants him to fall Aaron Rodgers style into the latter portion of the first round. The guy's a <laughs> tremendous athlete. And after what happened with Deshaun Watson last year, Cleveland Browns, you're paying attention. Uh, I think he could be one of those guys that really uh, would make a, a team that's decent or a contender very happy, especially if they've got the time to groom him. Um, so th- that, that's what I've got there draft wise. Uh, Calvin Ridley from Alabama, really solid wide receiver. I mean, yes. these are a lot of chalk plays. 
But what I feel is that since the combine, there are a lot of these obscure names and back and forth with the quarterbacks that these are guys who, you know, a good hard and fast rule. If you're good in college and you got the physical tools and you did this for a number of years, I think that bodes well for you in the NFL. So um, look, remember the Rams picked Dodd Gurley coming off a knee injury. Everyone thought he was nuts. The guy's one of the best running backs in football. So that's kind of my uh, scouting theory for better or worse. Uh, but uh, I don't know if you've got any blue chippers deep in the eighth round, Mike Mayock style. That's not my cup of tea, but uh, these are just guys I'd like to – I think I'll be interested to see where they wind up come Thursday, Friday. Well, Lamar Jackson, that's the thing is traditionally these great college athletes who play quarterback, it's because they pretty much have everyone outclassed on the field. Then all of a sudden you get to the NFL, you're not quicker than all the outside linebackers like you were in college, and – Basically, everything slows down. The field closes in on you, and you're not able to make those plays. So, you know, Lamar Jackson may be a fine. I don't. I think there's no way in the world that Cleveland takes a chance on him because of you know they they've got to they've at least got. It's one thing if you screw up these top two four these top two draft picks you have, but it's another thing to take a mighty swing and a miss on one of them because of some kind of a hunch you had. And I think with with this, they've got to take. You know, if not getting Barkley at number one and then taking a one of these known blue-chip quarterbacks here at number four, you know, they, they've got to do that because they've, they've got to save face. You can blow this draft, but you can't do it and make these crazy moves, which would be if Lamar Jackson did not pan out and they took him at number one or number four overall. It would be like that was a crazy move. I think they have to save face here. Everybody's seeing them – fall on their faces with number one draft picks year after year after year. I mean, last year they got the wrong Deshaun. At least they got the first name right. They just wanted Watson instead of Kaiser. They got Kaiser, and Kaiser is now – where is he, in Green Bay? Is that where he is? Yeah. Yeah. Green Bay. Yeah, I don't, so, I, I don't know. You draft, you draft Kaiser to a 1-15 team. You go 0-16, and then the Deshaun-Kaiser experiment is all of a sudden over. I don't know if he actually got a fair shot to do anything. And that was the other thing we said about drafting two quarterbacks or even drafting one. Well, what is the window? If you're Cleveland, what is the window you allow for a quarterback to develop given the pieces that you have around you? No one knows. Look, he could offensive coordinator next year, whoever that quarterback is. So yeah, I don't, I don't think they're crazy enough to, to, take it i'll just throw two other teams out there a team like baltimore or cincinnati i could see them drafting him they've got a, an overpaid quarterback and be with the team much longer he sits for a year he learns they, they take a chance on him if they believe in him jack jackson's not a guy like that's going to go to the jets or the broncos or the broncos of keenum but uh I just don't think he'd be picked that high. But a, a team that needs a quarterback now is not going to take him. But I think a trend you'll see here is uh, with Jimmy Garoppolo, and teams will say, oh, you got to let a guy sit, and he's going to learn under your system and develop. Yeah, it's partially true. It doesn't work that way. The guy was learning under one of the best coaches ever and one of the best quarterbacks ever. So, I mean, there's a little bit of a curve there. It's Yeah, he learned, and he, he – but – guy was, was learning from two of the best in their respective fields. So uh, it's all relative. There you go, folks. Okay, so we'll see how all this unfolds. Remember, uh, you can follow on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at The Inside Sports. Follow Mr. Lardieri on Twitter at Chris L Sports. 
And by the way, uh, Instagram, you can go to Inside Sports TV. And uh, you can follow us there. Also, the website is officialinsidesports.com. And all, for all of you uh, NHL fans, you may notice if you're watching on YouTube, I got a little bit of growth. This is my playoff beard. Uh, we also have another podcast called Talking Hockey. We're going to be covering through the Stanley Cup playoffs. And you can find that on Podbean, just like Bean Pod, but reverse Podbean. Download that app on your smartphone. You can take us with, with you wherever you go. Just go to Inside Sports, and everything will be lined up there, whether you want hockey, you want football, uh, whatever you want. It's right there. Just pick it, choose it, and you can just listen to it while you're at work or jogging or whatever. So for Mr. Chris Lardieri, I'm Charles E. Smith, Jr., saying thank you for watching. We'll see everybody next week. Enjoy the draft. Frank here from Super BS, talking about the things you know you love and the things you'd love to know. Join us weekly for a podcast about video games. Mostly. Oh.